You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. And welcome again to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. I am your host, the Monster, and I am literally just back from watching Top Gun Maverick in the theaters on Saturday, September 3rd for the $3 movie special. So with that said, I have a lot of thoughts to talk about. Aside from Top Gun, uh, Maverick being the main bulk of this, there are moments in this movie which I definitely want to delve into because I saw this with my son and it had a great experience. But the other side is this whole $3 movie Saturday that is going to be a separate conversation. So taking advantage of that, I saw this on a ScreenX movie theater. I definitely need to talk about that. So let's dial back first to talking about Top Gun Maverick. And I might go into spoilers, but it's not a big deal uh, because it's been out since Memorial Day and it's on digital right now. And it'll eventually come to DVD, I think, in the next couple of months. So there's no spoilers that, you know, Maverick lives. So there, spoil it. There. (laughs) <laughs> he lives. <laughs> Duh. What movie does Tom, that Tom Cruise does not die in? I don't think there's ever been a movie that he doesn't die in. Like, in the course of the movie, he doesn't die. Uh, no, let me take that back. Collateral. Michael Mann, who directed that movie, he plays the bad guy, who is uh, not a hitman, but an assassinator, I guess. And he hires Jamie Foxx to drive him in a cab, which is a great movie. I forget that he is a bad guy in that movie, and he dies. So then we take that back. There's that one movie that he dies in, but not in Top Gun Maverick. Although, what a bold move that would have been if that was the case. I'm like, oh, shit, that's incredible. You know, you waited 36 years for this movie to never have happened, and then you kill off the main lead? Oh, okay. But that didn't happen. But that's not the point. So, like I said, 36 years later, we get this Top Gun sequel. No one asked for this, but it looks kind of cool. From the trailers that I saw, it looks damn good. Considering back then, I love Top Gun. And I thought it was a killer soundtrack back in the 80s. Now, moving that forward, my experience when that movie first came out, I never liked Val Kilmer. I thought he was much of a dick in that movie because, you know, he's kind of, you know, getting up in Tom Cruise's Maverick character every chance he can get. Even though, you know, at the end, they were like, huh, we're buddy buddies and all that. I still didn't like Val Kilmer's Iceman because Maverick is the hero of the story. Sure, he wasn't the one who won Top Gun, but he was the one that was able, able to complete this mission that saved lives. Zoom 
to maybe, I don't know, maybe not, I would say six months ago, I started to watch a documentary on Val Kilmer on Hulu. And, you know, I, I'm, I was kind of harsh with Val Kilmer when I saw him in the Batman movie because of the way that movie came together. I loved it at first because I thought it was more colorful and more comical-ish because of Jim Carrey than the Tim Burton version because Joel Schumacher just went balls crazy and made it look like a living comic book movie, which I was okay with. But Batman and Val Kilmer was just okay. But whenever I saw Batman, it's the Val Kilmer lips that really bothered me more than anything else. So I didn't really care for him, but watching the documentary and knowing what has happened to him since, I feel for the guy. You know, his career really didn't take off the way it should. And as such, you know, his health declined. And I thought, you know, not knowing the whole, the whole story behind the scene, that he was going through some shit. Which, again, you have to not have such a knee-jerk reaction, I'm telling myself this, to about a lot of things. Don't think, oh, they've had their moments in the sun, and look where they are now. They're in, they're in a shithole box. You don't know what happened to them. And you may never know what happened to them. And luckily, there's this documentary. So Val had a lot of issues when it comes to Kind of like the ideal projects, but then it all falling apart. Like the last movie, I think, was uh, Island of Dr. Moreau with Marlon Brando and how that became a shitstorm. But it's the health aspect that really kind of like took the wind out of his sails, so to speak. Because as handsome as Val Kilmer had been throughout the, the beginning part of his career up to like even Island of Dr. Moreau, his health went completely wrong. And I think he uh, was dealing with uh, throat cancer. So at at points in this documentary, he is talking, and it's a struggle. And you can see that struggle. And he doesn't look the same. You can see, you know, how much this health has been in decline and how much it has impacted his overall look. He is still Val Kilmer, but not the exact same Iceman character that we saw him he was never like that i felt heartbroken you know here's this gorgeous man that maybe part of me is because i'm jealous of the way he can have hair standing on his end you know having that that nice top crew cut hair and you know gorgeous features that i know i don't have even remotely anything like i can die with whatever he doesn't want anymore i'll take that and add to my you know facial features whatever that may be but when i heard that he was going to be in top gun maverick and i'm like how is this going to happen so when you see that trailer and you see that shot of him as a still hanging up that he that top that tom cruise that maverick looks up and it's him in the naval uniform and he's an admiral and he looks incredible. And I'm like, if that's how they're going to get him in, because he can't really speak, I was fine with that. That would, would have been enough for me to be like, I'm there. 
I want to see that and see Maverick pay respects to this guy. Having said that, because I saw the, I saw the trailer, oh, it's on Amazon Video. So I watched the Prime Video of Top Gun again, and something had changed. Now I don't see Iceman as being the dick. I see Maverick as being a major fucking dick. Like, yeah, everything that Iceman is saying about Maverick, about how he is so dangerous flying out there, is completely valid. I never had that that kind of fundamental twist about a character that I hated at first. But no, he made really good points. And I can see why. He's not jealous of Maverick in the least. He's just saying the guy is a loose cannon. It's one thing to be, you know, flying by the seat of your pants. It's another thing to be so dangerous that you're going to jeopardize your crewmates. Now, having said that, now I'll go into finally watching Top Gun Maverick. Again, I'm not expecting much in a way other than Tom Cruise comes into the building and he sees Iceman's portrait on a wall, and then that's it. That's all I expected. But now, in the course of the story, is that Maverick gets pulled to Top Gun duty because of Iceman, because he wants him to do this special mission and train this new Top Gun recruits. So every once in a while, you see them texting back and forth. I'm like, okay, I can go with that too. You're not dealing with voices. You don't see Val talking or trying to talk, but they're off camera just doing texting. I'm like, I'm good with that. What I'm also good with is that when you watch this movie, if you've never seen the original Top Gun, don't worry. All the stuff that was in there, you get in flashback moments that I'm like, see, that's how you do show. Don't tell what had happened in the past. Perfectly. And since I already saw that, I'm like, okay, I already know that. I'm good to go. My son, who's never seen Top Gun, knew what was going on. Like, I get the message. I know what's going on here. Perfect. But what I did not expect is that when he finally get their moment, like, again, was not expecting this, of Maverick and Iceman in the exact same room. How were they going to pull this off? Well, Iceman, at this point, they wrote into the story that he is dealing with cancer. And it was hard for him to speak. And then in, in a separate room... Iceman will type on a keyboard and then be on like a display talking about what he is thinking about. And uh, towards the latter part of that scene, Val Kilmer speaks. And again, if you don't know what has happened to him to get him to that point and knowing how it's hard for him to do that, I really started to well up. I was starting to bawl crying. It was a beautiful moment between these two characters and between these two actors. Because I know the history of it, of the goddamn Top Gun movie and the Val Kilmer history. Wow. I did not have an expectation of that kind of emotional impact, but it really worked on me. Because, again... I never thought this would ever happen, let alone have an emotional scene between these two rivalries become friends. Up to that point, what I liked about what I saw prior to that meeting is that there were all little nods 
little moment to what you saw in the first movie, and I love that. So for a fan like me who really loved that movie, I saw what they did there with the jacket. I saw what they did that with him coming in to do the, the presentation for the opening、uh, meeting for the new Top Gun. I loved all that. But after that, there's not much connection other than we have Miles Teller who's playing Rooster, which is son of Goose who had died in the first movie. That's the other connection that I'm like it finally comes together. Towards the end of this movie, and it does it in a very satisfying way, and I'm glad that it all came together the way it did. So overall, those emotional connections, the story、uh, arc for for Maverick dealing with that past issue with the accidental death of Goose, still having baggage to deal with because you know now his son is following his father's、uh, footsteps so much to the point that he's actually. Has got the same goddamn mustache, and I'm like, oh my god, really? But I love Miles Teller; he's fantastic in this. So again, there was not a whole lot that was happening between these two characters. So you had a lot of these training scenarios, which that's exactly what happened in the first movie. But then when we get into the whole last hour-ish of this whole mission, it's like I'm fantastic and happy with it. But I'm like. Wait a minute! They're doing a trench run, <laughs> just like in Star Wars, <laughs> in A New Hope. Except their target is three meters long, whereas I don't know, Luke had two for the exhaust port. So my son and I were arguing who had the better、uh, run for this weapons、uh, deploy. Well, I would say. Luke, because he had to turn off, he turned off his targeting computer, and he used the force, and then boom, blew up the whole goddamn Death Star, right? But in Maverick, you see how low they're flying in this trench, and then they had to do like this inverted、uh, climb into like a pit, and they had to destroy the thing, and then fly. All right. So I'll give Maverick some degrees of difficulty in their defense. So, but when you see it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's very Star Wars, but it's damn good. And it's like I can't describe it because it's more of a visual thing. All I can say is that if you didn't believe that Tom Cruise could fly, not literally in the air like Superman, that's a different movie, but to fly a jet plane. You saw that in abundance, and man, it shows, and it's fantastic. And I had a great time. Let's put a pin on that. <laughs> Why did I wait until September third to watch Top Gun Maverick? Well, I'm glad you asked, nobody, because today is、uh, today was going to be the special three dollar movie special for all movie theaters,、uh, National Movie Day or National Cinema, whatever thing. To lure us back into the theaters, fine. Except when I took my son to see Bullet Train, which I love. Bullet Train. There was nothing else that I wanted to see for the rest of the summer. I mean, Beasts.、Uh, okay, I, I I didn't care for it. Like I didn't see it. Like I didn't care to see it. But I can wait for it streaming. But but the idea for the three dollars cinema is that it's for any movie, any time. And any format that got me thinking. Well, the ScreenX option was available, 
and Top Gun was still in the theaters, and I still didn't see it yet, and I and I really, 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 really wanted to see this in the theaters. I took my son, we watched it in the beginning, and like within the first three minutes, no. <laughs> I am out. I am out of the Screen X experience. And I think it's the way it was set up in this specific theater. When I look at what is supposed to happen in other theaters or like trailers in which they show the Screen X experience, it's supposed to be at an angle from the front screen that is not too jarring. The screen that I had, when you have the main screen, the walls on the side became the screen so they were at a 90-degree angle. So it wasn't like curves like diagonally. It was like a sharp angle. So everything that was bled over to either side, you couldn't see because if you were on the left side and you had something on the left side, it was all blurry and vice versa for something on the right. So unless you were dead center, you can not really appreciate what the fuck was going on because... Everything else was just kind of like not uh, gradual from the extension of that shot to be blended. It was very sharp. And the other thing, every time, and it it sucks, it really sucks when you have fast cuts. Because you have two other projectors, they are slightly off sync. It's like a half a second before... Those two projectors project the exact same image, but extend it out. So there's a slight delay, and that got me out of the mood. Other thing is that, much like with the IMAX experience, which is another thing that I'm not cool about, I love when a movie is filmed in IMAX, when it's the whole goddamn thing. Not certain sequences that is shot in IMAX, meaning... You have a regular frame on a screen, and then it blows up into this huge shot because it was shot in IMAX. And then it goes back to the regular size screen before. Don't do that. <laughs> and that's exactly what was happening with the screen X. So when nothing was going on, the sides of the walls, nothing was being projected. When there was action sequences, fine. Throw it up there. But again, the harsh angles of the walls in relation to the main screen made the whole experience suck ass. And not only that, it wasn't even like even the exact same sharpness and color grade as what you see in the project. It was just, it was pointless. It was really pointless. So unless someone can say, I've been to another screen X that doesn't have that issue, I am not doing this again in Screen X. So fuck Screen X. But for $3, fine. <laughs> I got to experience it, but I'm like, no, I'm not doing this again. To go back to the whole $3 day, uh, Grace from uh, Beyond the Trailer had mentioned, it's like, you know, it's she understands the idea, but you're going to get a lot of people who are just going to come out to the movie theaters and not give two rats ass about how to conduct themselves <laughs> in a movie theater. Because for $3, you know, you can do what the hell you want. And it kind of came to uh, fruition because literally there was a person in front of my son who was on the phone 
recording <laughs> the screen next screen. And I'm like, I get it. Cause I took shots in the very beginning, but that was at the fucking beginning of the damn movie, but she's doing it in the middle of the movie. And I'm like, the fuck man. And then the couple next to me, they get on the phone and then I'm like, the, the white woman is uh, talking to someone on the fucking phone when the movie's going on. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And then on top of that, the fucking AC was blowing warm air. So it was stifling hot. Like I had my whole back sweated out in my seat. And I'm like, this is not enjoyable. So to add to that, I had to go to the bathroom. And sure enough, you think that bathroom was clean? Fuck no. So the whole problem was, yeah, you get $3. You get everyone to come in. Fine. But for the movie experience, all those different things, I don't want to do this again. I really don't. I will say this. At the very end, people are clapping and cheering because Maverick made it. He's the hero of the story as well as uh, Rooster. And then when we see the credits, there's Val Kilmer as Iceman. People were clapping like loudly. And then everyone else was on there too. Like they're still clapping. And I'm like, wow, I missed that. I've missed when people fucking clapped at the end of a movie. And I don't think I've had that experience except for the few times when I go with my family and we love it. We don't care if no one's clapping. We'll clap ourselves. But collectively, I think Avengers Endgame might have been that movie in which everyone who was there knew what they were going to be expecting and what to feel and all that. And everyone collectively was in that exact same mindset. You don't get that that often. And especially when you watch this on TV, that experience is gone for good. But it was nice to be reminded what it felt like to be in a movie theater, despite all the shit <laughs> that was wrong <laughs> with the experience. But it was nice after a couple of years of dealing with a pandemic and to deal with this situation where I'm like, hey, kids, it's only going to cost you $3 to come back to the movie. So why not? So for an experiment, I think this may be a one and done. I think it's an interesting premise. It's not going to get me back into the theaters on a regular basis, let alone want me to do their their uh, the Regal Unlimited subscriber going to the movies crap. Because there's no movies right now that I want to see. And I'm better off just paying just the one price for the one movie that I want to see rather than the garbage that they're releasing. But we'll see for 2023. You know, if things improve and they get better movies... Sure, I'll do that. And I'll go on different times that it's not going to be as crowded and busy like it was today, which was a three o'clock show. And literally, it was almost packed. But with that said, I'm taking advantage of this day in about, what time is it? Eight o'clock. In three hours. (laughs) In three hours, I'm going back to the movie, the exact same theater, and I'm going to be watching Spider-Man Extended edition in 40X. So I'm killing three birds with one stone because I haven't done Spider-Man review. I'm doing that also for the uh, 40X. 
And then we're doing that for the special edition because it's the 11 extra minutes. So I got a lot to talk about. Overall, yay for Top Gun Maverick. Not a problem. The $3 deal, well, yeah, okay. I'll take advantage of it. I'm not complaining. Other than the experience of being in a theater. But at least I got to see Top Gun Maverick in the theaters for $3. But no to ScreenX. So that's the only downer in all this. But uh, on that end, uh, let me know what you thought about Top Gun Maverick. If you did the $3 uh, movie special, what movies did you see? And did you have the exact same experience as I did? I would love to know. Have you tried ScreenX? I definitely want to know and pick your brains about that experience because honestly, I'm not going to come back again to that experience. I thought it was garbage. So, oh well. All right. So hopefully you'll get another podcast out of me soon. In which I guess the next one will be on Spider-Man No Way Home. So we'll see what happens. But in any case, thank you for listening to me and to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Good night. So how do we describe this show? Like, what's really going to grab people's attention and make them tune in? Nergasm for your eargasm? What? The space must flow to be in the know. Um. Don't be a willow. Grab your pillow. But that one doesn't even make sense. All right, stop. Snag a seat and listen. The nerds are back with the brand new edition. No. Uh, okay, then. The Blurred Nerds Podcast. France raves, reviews, recaps, and other bits of random fandom. Well, see, that's perfect. You should have just led with that one. Resistance is futile. Listen to the Blurred Nerds Podcast right meow. Fine. Make it so. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.